0: We are called to live faithfully for Jesus, 168 hours a week. Welcome to the
1: Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon and Chris. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast, a weekly faith field podcast that aims to inspire and encourage you on your walk with Christ. Each episode is designed to explore different aspects of Christianity, from biblical teachings to personal testimonies that help you deepen your understanding and relationship with God. So whether you are a new believer or a seasoned Christian, our podcast is a place where you can feel supported, challenged, and empowered. So join us every Friday as we delve into the Word of God and share stories of faith, hope, and love. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith 168 podcast. My name is Chris. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to... Record another episode with my co-host, Brother Brandon. Brother Brandon, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, And again, no other person other than Rob, I guess, sometimes. (laughs) But uh, no, you and Rob, you are the guys I want to record with. But I'm glad to be here with you tonight and recording this episode. So introduce yourself and introduce us to the topic at hand that we're going to discuss today.
0: Sure, we'll do. One word, Jonah. We are starting a new series on the Faith 168 podcast, going through the Old Testament book of the prophet Jonah. Mm -hmm. We spent quite a long time in James, and now we're going to an Old Testament book uh, by the name of a different character. And this is a very well-known story, very well-known book. Jonah, of course, is the man who ran from God and got swallowed by a fish. Yeah, funny
1: thing too. I I have this phobia of <laughs> okay. whales, right? Yeah, and I and it's so deep in my system that I have no idea where it comes from. I'm not scared of much, Brandon. Like, I mean, uh, it, I'm. I think I'm a you know pretty logical person. I see things and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be scared yeah. of that. And I think it through, <laughs> but for some reason, when it comes to whales, I'm terrified. I don't want to see them. I don't want to hear about them. And I think <laughs> it's Jonah's fault from when I was a little kid. I think some Sunday school teacher tried to swallow me or something with a big whale costume or something. And, <laughs> it just made me afraid of, of whales. And so, um, Thank you, Jonah. For...
0: Would you say that fear is as deep as the ocean?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, just take it like this. I went to SeaWorld, and there was one portion of the park I would not go to. My my, my wife, she said, oh, really? I want to go see the whale. I want to go see the whale. I was like, I'm not going over there. I'm not going over there. Oh, and, wow. and so we we couldn't go to that one portion of the park because I don't know what it is. I can't see whales. I don't want to hear about them. I don't want anything to do with them. They're way too big. They can swallow you by surprise. They might not even know that they swallowed you.
0: And it's not fair. And I don't like them. Well, that fear (laughs) seems a bit fishy to me, but don't (laughs) trout yourself. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, for all the terrible puns. (laughs) All right. So leaving the puns aside and and chris's uh (laughs) paralyzing fear of whales we turn to the book of jonah today and again you know actually you make a good point talking about jonah and learning it in sunday school it's it's a story that many of us became acquainted with in Mm -hmm. our childhood whether we were raised in church or just had little exposure to church i remember my grandmother teaching me the book of jonah when i was a little youngster even though i didn't have much church exposure and I can still remember that little illustrated storybook with all the drawings and pictures of Jonah being vomited out onto the land from the fish he was in the belly of for three days. Mm -hmm. But the thing about Jonah is it's more than just a neat little story in the scripture. Right. It is far more than a story about Jonah, actually, this prophet who's on the run. Mm -hmm. It's, in reality, a story about all of us Mm -hmm. and... God's love for all of us despite our sin and despite the fact that we are by nature like Jonah, born on the run from God. And that's actually what's going to guide today's episode as we introduce ourselves to the book of Jonah. We're going to talk about how Jonah ran from God and how we naturally do that in our sin nature. And Let's begin by reading the first two verses and expounding them just a little bit. And here's how the book opens. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So this story starts right off with the Lord God coming to this prophet Jonah with an assignment. Out of nowhere, Jonah's comfortable life of peace and solitude is abruptly disrupted, As he hears the voice of the Lord basically telling him, Jonah, I've got a job for you to do. And just a heads up, you are not going to like it. Yeah. You know, Jonah, you can almost picture him as being awakened from like a peaceful slumber. He's just kind of minding his own business, you know, in apathy and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And God gives him this assignment that wakes him up and gets him on his feet. Mm -hmm. And, from the outset, we already kind of have a negative view of Jonah because the story of Jonah does not start with him seeking the Lord's will, does it? Right. He's not like, God, what do you want me to do next? I'm Mm -hmm. yours. Use me for your kingdom purposes, you know, right. Instead, God comes to him and, uh, gives him a matter of kingdom business that could not be delayed. Mm -hmm. And so he gives him this assignment here. And, Jonah is mentioned in the book of 2 Kings 14 as a prophet, and he's portrayed as a prophet in this book. But mm-hmm. many of our listeners may not know what a, an Old Testament prophet really was. So, Chris, why don't you explain that a little bit for us? What did prophets do, and what did it mean for Jonah to be a prophet?
1: Well, simply they were the mouthpiece of the Lord. Uh, God gave them a message. They repeated the message to the people. Simple
0: as that. Yeah, they were given God's divinely inspired messages. Mm-hmm. They were to be heralds of the king's messages, just like those town criers on the street corners during the medieval days. They, right. were just, they weren't to invent, invent the message or come up mm-hmm. with it, but just to faithfully relay what the king had told them. Right, And that's what God is telling Jonah to do here. And of course, the message to him is, I want you to go to Nineveh, this great and sinful city, and call out against it. It doesn't really tell him what to say, but just to call out against it because their evil has come up before me. Mm -hmm. So according to this opening verse, Nineveh was a particularly evil city. In fact, they were so evil, God says, their evil has come up before me. That's a great picture there, meaning that the pile of their transgressions was a soaring tower that reached heaven's floor. Their iniquity was burning like foul-smelling smoke that seeped through the nostrils of the Lord God. He's basically saying, look, they're becoming so evil, I I can't help but notice it. And something else to note about Nineveh is they were the capital city of Assyria, which they were not... uh, Israel's best friends by any means. Uh, that's one reason uh, Jonah was a little bit resistant to preach to them is uh, they were not so friendly to the Israelites. But they were not only the capital city of Assyria, they were the capital city of abundant immorality. Mm-hmm. They were a very sinful, sin city by all measures. And because of this, the Lord was going to judge them as he does with sin and sinners. This really shouldn't be any surprise to us. God is holy. He's righteous, he's good, and he hates sin, and because of his holy hatred, he must punish those who commit sin since he is the judge of all the universe. In fact, um, the Bible goes so far as to say this about God's hatred of sin in Psalm 711. God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Mm-hmm. And so, not a day goes by where God is not angry. He is angry every day with the wicked and wickedness. But you know what the the amazing thing is about this book is the same Lord who is abundant in wrath here and going to judge the Ninevites is also abundant in grace.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: as much as He was angry with the Ninevites for their evil, He charged Jonah with preaching a message of repentance so they would turn to him and receive mercy. I mean, God could have just wiped Nineveh off the map, couldn't he? Right. But instead, he wanted to give them a chance to repent, give mm-hmm. them this opportunity to turn to him, just as he wants all sinners to do. Now, yeah. thinking about Jonah here and the fact that he's given this message of repentance, we we kind of see our own selves in Jonah here, don't we, Chris? Yeah. Like a mirror. Yeah, it's just like a mirror. Um, just like Jonah, all believers have been commissioned as prophets of God to preach a message of repentance. Mm-hmm. Because again, the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. And even the Old Testament in Ezekiel 18, God says, have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Right. Of course, the answer to that is no. And so God has given all of us a message of repentance, the message of the gospel to take to the ends of the earth so that people can repent and avoid the judgment of God. Right. And Jesus actually told us to do this in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, where he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so Jonah knew what his assignment was, preached to Nineveh.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we know what our assignment is, preach to the world. That Mm -hmm. is our calling. But the question we need to ask ourselves at this point is, are we completing the assignment that God has given us? Mm -hmm. Are we being faithful to preaching the gospel to this lost and dying world? Mm -hmm. Well, as we'll continue to see in the book of Jonah, it is not our natural tendency to do that. In fact, our natural tendency is to run away from our calling as God's messengers. Mm-hmm. And Chris is going to show this to all of us, how it's our natural tendency to do that, as Jonah did this in verse 3.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll just jump into verse 3 and, and kind of tie this all together, um, where it says, but Jonah, after receiving his divine instruction right here, that divine assignment that he had, that we now all have as well as followers of Christ, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down from Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. And so there we go. Yeah. There's there's our prophet right there. Yeah. Uh, you have a term for him. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then, it's in a previous episode yeah, that previous our faithful listeners would know. Yeah. Yeah. But he's he's a great prophet from from what we see. And it's easy really to be judgmental of Jonah, but as brother Brandon already put, pointed out, is he's kind of like a showing the darkest and and most evil parts of ourselves and mm-hmm. and the tendencies that we have to run from God. We right. we like to relate to prophets when they're doing the right thing. We'd like to be Elijah on Mount Carmel. We, we, uh, you know, like to, to be, uh, David when he's slaying Goliath, mm-hmm. but we don't like to look at the negative aspects of those prophets and relate to them, which each one of the prophets have had just as many negative things said about them, uh, as Jonah has. But the thing about Jonah that's different is the only thing in scripture that we have about him <laughs> Is pretty negative. I mean, even yeah. when you go back to the Book of Kings, where he's he's found there giving uh, prophecy, he's not giving prophecy of God, but he he was uh, you know listening to a lying spirit and and producing what that lying spirit was was giving to him. So he wasn't even really being a prophet in that moment, even though he was a prophet uh, at that time. And and so uh, that's that's a that's our Jonah for you, but yeah, <laughs> we can't be too judgmental of them yeah. because I mean, put yourself in his shoes for a moment and, uh, just think about going to Nineveh. And if you don't know where Nineveh is at right now, Nineveh is Northern Iraq. So as a Christian, imagine being mm. called by God to go to Northern Iraq and call the people to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. And that's something that that a lot of us, maybe if we were asked that, we wouldn't do. I mean, if God asked me to do that, I, I could tell you that the first thing I would start thinking about is, what about my family? You know, I've got a wife, I've got kids, uh, and it's not necessarily as much about my life in the sense that that I want to live for myself, but, mm-hmm. you know, I want to live for them and I want to be with them. And so, you know, I would, on a different aspect, maybe wrestle with running from God's plan in a different way. But Jonah, he he ran, you know, for, for a completely different reason. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as, as we continue on. But what would you do if you were called to northern Iraq to call the people to repentance? What would you do if you were called to a place that, similar to Nineveh at that point, that now hates the people of God and would even the same as the Ninevites would have persecute you and sentence you to death for your faith. And so we, we see that Jonah as he ran, he, he didn't run for fear necessarily of life or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but more it was, you know, the idea of, prejudiced because he was of the idea why would those people need to be saved but here we see that God commands Jonah to arise and go and instead what did he do Jonah ran from the presence of the Lord going in the opposite direction Mm -hmm. from Nineveh and you know ironically you know that that's just not something you can do running from the presence of the Lord because you look at Jeremiah 23 verse 23 through 24. uh, Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says Mm -hmm. the Lord? Or if you keep going on and, and look in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 3, the eyes of the Lord Or in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Or even Psalms 139, 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And so we, I think what we learned from Jonah is what not to do. Yeah. And well, we'll take example for like, I know, uh, hey, I'm sorry if you're, you know, like a boomer or whatever, but you know, us, <laughs> us millennials, it, what's funny is is uh, there's always been this joke about dads not being presents, but did you know that millennials are, uh, more present in their child's life that they spend 300% more time Hmm. with their children. Millennial fathers do 300% more time with their children than, uh, their fathers did. And so there's, there's this idea that we're learning from something that wasn't necessarily great. Not that it was every man's fault. You know, that was just kind of like the culture. That was kind of what men were told. You don't have much to do with the house, get out and do your job. And mm-hmm. come home and gripe and complain because the soup wasn't cooked in time or whatever, you know. But, yeah. here, you know, <laughs> uh, we learned from something. We, we grew up not having as much presence from our fathers. And we said, you know what? We want to be a little different from that. And we want to be more present fathers. And likewise, when we look at Jonah, we see that he's not very present in his faith. And he's mm-hmm. going in the opposite direction. And then as we become judgmental of him, looking at what he's doing, all of a sudden we're like, oh, snap. That's us. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do that. We can't really be judgmental of him because we do that, too. We run from the presence of God, which is, you know, not a real thing. You really can't run from the presence of God, as I pointed out. You can try Uh, yeah, you can try, but you can definitely run from your calling mm-hmm. from God. And yeah. and I can tell you this, we see this in Jonah's life. When you run from God's calling in your life, you're going to be miserable. And I think what you said, Brother Brandon, is very true, that, that God has a call in all of our lives as Christians. And that call is to reach out to a lost and dying world, to go out and make disciples of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And how we how we are called to do that is different in many ways. You and I were called as a pastor. Maybe you have, a, you know, just a secular day job. Maybe in that day job, that's where you're called to mm-hmm. make disciples, however that may be, just giving people that warm smile and then, you know, inviting them to church and talking to them about your faith, things like that. That might be how you're supposed to do it. But God has a call in your life, and we learn from Jonah not to do what he's doing not to run from it but to follow it so you might not have to go to iraq and preach the gospel in fact you might not even ever have to leave your state yeah but god does have a plan for your life and there's another thing thinking about that too not just christians he doesn't just have plans for christians in their lives but if you're not a christian he does have a plan for your life. It's to put your faith in Christ. It's it's to repent of your sins. You're you're Nineveh. You're you're Nineveh right now if you're not a Christian. Right. And and you're learning from this that you need to heed the message of God and repent and believe. But Christians, the call is for you to lead others to Christ. And, and so when we when we run from The will of God, I can promise you this, you're only going to find calamity. As we continue on talking about Jonah, that's all you see in his life is utter chaos as he tries to run from the will of God. So what do you think, Brother Brandon?
0: Yeah, those are all really good points. And, you know, what's always been striking to me about Jonah's flight from the presence of the Lord is like he was ready to run. You know, Mm -hmm. like he doesn't even speak to the Lord about this, that he doesn't engage in any debate or ask any questions. You know, he's not like, well, you know, is there another prophet, you know, that you can send or can I maybe go when the weather's not so hot or (laughs) can I go when all my affairs are in order? Mm -hmm. He doesn't open his mouth once. In fact, we don't see him praying to the Lord God until chapter two. And as he's on the boat, it takes everything going on around him to get him to even speak up to the sailors who are questioning Mm -hmm. him, as we'll see later. But, yeah, he doesn't even speak to God. He just says, all right, I'm going to Joppa. And if I can find me a boat that goes in the exact opposite direction of Nineveh, I'm going to board it as fast as possible. And he found one. This ship bound for Tarshish which again was in the opposite direction of Nineveh. And the point is he, he tries to get as far away from his calling and from the presence of the Lord as he possibly can. He's he's running as much as possible. right? And verse 3 even says that after he paid the fare, after he got this sea uh, ticket, uh, he went down into it mm-hmm. to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. So what that means is he goes... Even down to the to the bottommost part of the boat, mm-hmm. where he can curl up and hide from the Lord and His work, yeah. and we'll learn later that he actually just went to sleep. He tried to sleep yeah. it off. You know, he's yeah. like, "Well, maybe God'll leave me alone if I just close my eyes and go to sleep." Yeah, and there, there's a common theme
1: there too with that. That uh, we call this kind of like a, a poetic thing right here for those mm-hmm. that like poetry, but. You notice when God says, arise, what does he do? He goes down to Tarshish. Then he goes down into the boat. And then he goes down into mm-hmm. the belly of the fish, as, as we're going to read. And so God, yeah, God calls him to arise and he goes down, down, down. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you run from the will of God. The only place you can go is down, down, down.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, to be fair, I mean, God said, arise and go. And that's what Jonah did. <laughs> he rose and, and went somewhere, but it wasn't yeah. where God right. wanted him to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, I just want to point out this point that, as you already noted, you know, we can't get away from God, but we, can, we can't hardly really get away from his work either. Because if we, if we try to get away from doing his work, what's going to happen to us is we're just going to be miserable. We're just going to be miserable, and God's going to discipline us to get us to do his kingdom work and to take care of his business. And that's really because He, he loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to fulfill our divine purpose. And we'll see that with Jonah as well, because God didn't just let him go. He didn't say, well, okay, I can see Jonah. You don't want to preach to Nineveh, so I'm just going to let you go. I'm just going to let you stay in Tarshish. Now God loved him so much that he chased after him with a storm and with a great fish. And don't want to give too much for preview there. Uh, we'll get mm-hmm. into that a little bit later. But we do need to ask the question at this point. Why did Jonah run in the first place? Because there is no answer given here, is it? Mm-hmm. It just says he was given this assignment and he said no. And he yeah. ran. So... Chris, why don't you give us a little preview of what we're going to see later in the book of Jonah that actually tells us why he ran from God in the first place.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that the whole reason for running was was prejudice, but you see this point where he, he finally kind of listens and, and does something, but uh, goes to Nineveh and, and calls them the repentance. And waits for them to be destroyed, but God relents, and Mm -hmm. he's angry about it. And and God's like, "Why are you angry? What's going on in your life, Jonah? That (laughs) this is making you angry?" And he said, "I knew you were merciful. You know, I knew you were going to relent. You are so gracious. You're so forgiving. You're so merciful."
0: Yeah, what a great reason to get mad, right? And I just (laughs) wanted them
1: to be destroyed, And,
0: and you know, Nineveh
1: was really an enemy of the Hebrews is the area today. Northern Iraq is really an enemy of the Hebrews and Christians alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they hate both Jews and they hate the Christians, the followers of Christ today. And, and you'd be in great danger to go there and to present your faith. You could, you could be hurt. You could be killed. Uh, there's so many things that could go wrong. And so uh, the prejudice that he feels is actually a very similar prejudice that, that some people feel today because of the conflicts that we have concerning northern Iraq. Some people would probably do the exact same thing as Jonah. And, hey, God calls you out and says, hey, go out to northern Iraq and preach the gospel. Mm, no, <laughs> I, I just want them to burn. I just want them to <laughs> die. Just yeah. go ahead and destroy them, God. And and what's strange is how he thought that if God was was using him to to do that to go and call them to repentance, that it would be just as easy for him just to run away, like he could actually run and escape that calling, that he could just continue to go on until God destroyed Nineveh. But yeah, yeah, he he did it out of prejudice. He didn't want them to, to experience God's mercy, which goes against everything that we are called to do as Christians, that because we have been forgiven, because we have experienced the mercy, the grace of God, we should go and share that same grace, that same mercy, that same forgiveness that God has given us.
0: So you'd say that, Part of the reason he ran is because he didn't like the Ninevites. I think that's pretty clear, right? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, definitely. Uh, Wouldn't you also say he ran also because he didn't like the merciful part of God? Like Mm I I almost think he, in this book, is prejudiced against the Lord because his view of God is that, okay, God should only judge. Mm -hmm. He should never show mercy. And so he's saying you know, in Jonah four, two, where he finally has that confession. This is why I ran because I knew you were merciful. Right. So, I mean, he's, he's got some problems. <laughs> he's got well, some yeah. heart issues going on, you know? Yeah. Judge but, as
1: I would judge God, you know, put yeah, God in exactly. a box and do, you know, if I don't like him, you shouldn't like him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very well put. And, you know, again, we, we do have to be careful in pointing our finger at Jonah here because whether we like it or not, this is a book that has nine fingers pointed at us. Mm-hmm. And you called him uh, a scumbag once. I did, if you didn't know the reference, yes. And uh, well-deserved, actually. Uh, but, uh, hey, we're called worms in Scripture, so uh, as sinners before a holy God. So. But, you know, just going back to Jonah's reason for running, just generally speaking here, you know, yes, we talked about the fact that he, he didn't like the Ninevites and he didn't like the fact that God was merciful, But the underlying issue behind all of that is that Jonah's heart was exceedingly sinful. Mm -hmm. He was born as a sinner, just like all of us, naturally on the run from God. And this goes way back, doesn't it? I mean, this goes back to the Garden of Eden. Because that's exactly what our first parents did. Mm Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, when they sinned against the Lord and ate of that forbidden fruit, they didn't confess it to the Lord initially. They didn't say, God, we really messed up. We violated that prohibition you gave us. Will you mm-hmm. forgive us? Right. No, when, when they sinned in the garden, they made a hasty exit from the presence of the Lord. And, of course, they found out they couldn't get away from God's presence anyway. But here's what it says in Genesis 3.8. When they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And that's why we run from God today, because of that sin nature we have from our first parents, because of the guilt uh, that has been imputed to us, the guilt that we've inherited from them. And so the bottom line is, we may not have the name Jonah or live in Israel. We may not have the name Adam or Eve and be hiding in the garden, but what we do have in common with Jonah, Adam and Eve and all sinners throughout history is that we have a sinner's heart, Mm -hmm. a heart bent on running from God and loving darkness. Yeah. In fact, didn't Paul tell us about this in Romans three? He said none is righteous no not one no one understands no one seeks for god all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one and so nobody is naturally born seeking after god and wanting to serve jesus christ as lord and come to him as savior yeah we are just born on the run and in fact even jesus told us we're born haters of god And lovers of darkness. He told Nicodemus in John 3, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. That's good. And people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of stuff we're talking about in today's episode that might leave us a little hopeless since we see ourselves in this reluctant running prophet. Jonah was on the run from God. We are naturally on the run from God, whether it is his salvation or his calling on our lives. So Chris, lighten us up a little bit, man. We, we got to have some hope. Uh, yeah. In light of this fact that we're naturally born runners from God, what hope do we have of ever changing? How can we change and stop running from God?
1: Well, I, I think it starts with grace, uh, the, the grace and the mercy of God, uh, you know, as, as Paul writes, it's, uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And as John would say, uh, that, that, um, uh, it's not that we loved him first, but he first right. loved us when, when we come into contact with that grace where we've got this, this point, right there we experience the love and the grace and the mercy of God and it calls us to repentance and then how do we change and stop running from God well it, we change directions and and run to him rather than from him and that's what repentance is we turn away from our sin and away from unrighteousness and we turn towards God and we run towards his righteousness and walk in his righteousness so i think that's That's the answer I would give you for that question.
0: Yeah, and like you were saying, you know, we have to turn to Christ. And the matter of it is, since we're like Jonah in every way, doesn't it make sense that we turn to the man who was unlike Jonah in every way? The man, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, the Lord, the God-man? Right. You see, when we look at Jesus in the Gospels, we see he never ran from God. When he right. was given his divine assignments, he fulfilled them. And in fact, instead of running away from them, he ran to them. We, we read in scripture that basically Christ ran to Calvary. Mm-hmm. Paul tells us in Philippians 2 that he submitted to the point of death, or rather he was obedient to the point of death. He was willing to go all the way to fulfill the will of God and the costly plan of redemption. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. good news is that Because Christ ran to the cross, then we know God is gracious and is running after us despite our sin. And so, though we are on a pursuit away from God, we know God is on a pursuit after us. And the question I want to ask all of our listeners in light of all these things we've covered is this. Are you running after the God who is running after you? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you, like the prodigal son in Luke, come to your senses and ran back to your father's house? Have you understood that by nature you're a Ninevite under God's wrath and in desperate need of God's mercy found in Jesus? And have you embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior, running to him in repentance and faith? That's a question, uh, questions I hope that you can answer in the affirmative. Yeah. So Chris, uh, wrap up our discussion here on uh, this introduction to Jonah. Yeah,
1: I I think you put it well there, and and that's those are some good questions for us to ponder. Uh, who are you running to, or who are you running from? Mm, uh, that's good. You know, one way or the other. Look at it and make sure that it's always running to Jesus. That's all I got, but I, I thank everyone for joining us here at the Faith 168 Podcast. It's always a joy to record with you, brother. It's always a joy to worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, wherever you're at, and we're just going to end this the best way possible, as always, with Brother Brandon leading us in some prayer.
0: Absolutely, will do, and I want to remind all of our listeners to tune in next week as we continue our study of Jonah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're running after us. We praise you for that. And we know that uh, you can change us by your grace. We pray that we might daily seek that grace and that we might be obedient to your call in our lives. We pray all these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.